Finally back. People thought that we were gone forever. I kept getting stuff in my uh, direct messages talking about when's the podcast coming back. Anytime I post something, when's the podcast coming back? We're finally back. Hello, life gets complicated. It it does sometimes get complicated, and we gave it a try a few times. It just didn't quite work out. But uh, yeah, we, we both had here. some we both had some stuff that happened kind of in our personal lives and it was a good break I think for the both of us that we could kind of like catch up and get back on track and take care of what we needed to take care of yeah we were we were on such a good run with these things and then uh all hell broke loose yeah and people we do this for free we don't get paid but (laughs) I will say if you want to send a bottle of whiskey you can hit (laughs) us up on messenger and we will gladly give you our address and first, we need to thank some bottles that rolled in during this hiatus. We had Adam Devine from Divine mm-hmm. Concepts, which I'm, I just got to say, anytime that I say your store name or his store name, I have to pause an extra couple seconds <laughs> because you're Divine Concepts and he's Divine Concepts, right? Yeah, I think there's a funny story where I think there was a customer that was trying to get a hold of me and called him or was trying to yeah. get a hold yeah i think i'm pretty sure that's how it happened but yeah. yeah so i always have to pause an extra few seconds when i have to tell somebody what your name what the name of your shop is and what the name of his shop is so adam divine set us uh some jefferson's which i've had plenty of times jefferson's ocean uh great whiskey he sent it he is from divine concepts in naples florida good friend of the podcast and then we had I'm not sure if you got it yet. We got a bottle of Logvalin, eight year from David Phillips, and he is from the Sound Shop in Indian Trail, North Carolina. Also, another good friend of the pod. So thank you for those bottles. It keeps the cocktails going as we are doing the podcast. So we really appreciate it. And and sometimes behind the scenes when we're not recording podcasts. Absolutely. Date <laughs> nights, whatever it may be. So that is uh, always well appreciated. Yeah, excellent. You know, when we started this and we kind of talked about the whole premise of this was to get together, like when we would hang out at the bar at SEMA or CES, it was Mm -hmm. kind of a weird end of the year last year where SEMA was very low key and kind of low turnout. And I didn't go to CES for, I mean, this is probably only the third one I've missed since maybe 93. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is it. It's like we're we're back at the bar catching up now. We have a lot to catch up. Oh, my on. God. We got so much to catch up because, like, I don't know if a lot of people realize, you know, sometimes we'll – Gary and I will talk on the phone, like, just to see what our schedule's like. But we really don't talk about anything that we got going on because we're just ruining content, right? We're just <laughs> like – we're like, don't tell me anymore. You're ruining content, right? So we haven't talked – really in a long time for the most nothing, part 
nothing too serious. I don't even remember where we left off. I know we have one episode that has not been edited. Yeah. That will probably air before this, maybe after it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah who knows? It's always tough. But so, yeah. What the fuck have you been doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like the clock was just spinning faster and faster and faster. And I mean, time has flown, flown by. Um, I think last time we talked, I was going crazy on the Camaro project, which uh, I still have. It's kind of sitting in the corner. It's been waiting for a custom built pair of woofers, which allegedly show up next week and uh, getting excited to get back on that. Um, We did some, some pretty cool work on the amp rack to fit the six true technology amps in the well of a Camaro. That you did, you did send. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty, pretty nuts. The uh, baffle and manifold to get the bass into the car is just, it's going to be something amazing. (laughs) Pretty excited for it. What about you? Where do you remember? I mean, I feel like that's kind of where we left off as we were. I feel like I was, maybe just about to get the model three back because I started this project in, I want to say October, right? So I had it for like two weeks in October where I did the, the base install for this project. And then he told me that he was going to SEMA. So I had to stop the project as I was doing it. And I got it to a point where he could take it and show it then i got the car back in it was like right before christmas and that's basically it was the only thing left was the fab and the trunk and the pillars and all that kind of stuff so yeah like for me as i'm fabricating like i don't have a plan i have a concept in my head of what i want to do and for me i start with the concept and then it's just like putting puzzle pieces together to figure out how the trim is going to be, right? I really have no idea how it's going to turn out until it turns out. And that's like every project, but I have the concept. On that Model 3, when he gave us the the car, he had the the Tesla Tequila, which now sells online for like 1500 bucks. It was released for, I want to say it was like 350. You could buy it when it was first released and it was a limited run, sold out. But he wanted to make this the the focal point of the trunk, and I literally made it the focal point of the trunk because it it's over the Focal Utopia M woofer to where when you look through glass or water, it kind of magnifies everything. So this Tesla tequila bottle sits over the Utopia M 10 inch subwoofer, and you can really see the detail of the cone the speckled black and gray and stuff, which I don't know if this is appropriate, but I'm just going to have a spoiler alert right now. (laughs) (laughs) The cone on the Utopia. Do you know how, how it gets that color? I have no idea. So, so if, if you didn't just hear something about the Utopia drivers, that got cut out because Matt leaked proprietary information and was not allowed to let that into the podcast. Yep, and that's why we edit the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but it was really cool because it's truly a show car, and he's done a lot of work to it, to where it is. it's really only purpose is a show car. It's not really like a daily driver. And so the full trunk was 
completely show. I didn't have to make it functional to put shit in, even though it still could have been functional. But uh, it was cool because, like I said, with all the lighting, you could see the subwoofer moving through the tequila bottle. And at the same time, it had function because it's acoustically aerating the tequila. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like the, the, the bottle of whiskey that Carlson gave us from Live Oak, they acoustically right. aerate their whiskey, right? That bottle's never getting open though, right? Oh, no. it's And I because it, it's a show car, I had to trap it in there to make sure it wouldn't be stolen. Right. Because like today it's like a thirteen, fourteen hundred dollar bottle of tequila. So basically there's panels that go over the top and the bottom. So you literally can't move it out. So not I don't want to jinx this guy or anything, but in the scenario that that car got in an accident and got rear-ended by someone, I would like to see the line item on the insurance adjuster's claim <laughs> for one bottle of Tesla tequila. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think it would hold up pretty well. There's a lot of fucking acrylic back there. There's like 20 layers as you look down. It's Oh my it's, gosh. It's pretty gnarly. It was a lot of work. Uh, a lot of carbon fiber accents and we did a pillars with carbon fiber inserts as well because he's got a lot of carbon accents inside the car so we really like spared no detail or material you know we kind of went all out with it and made it a cool showpiece and it dude it sounded really fucking good really good and that was you did utopia m's all the way around mm-hmm eight in the front door or six mm -hmm. yeah and eights eight utopia m's in the front door of a model three is very difficult because the uh the window track is very close to where the basket of any eight is going to be so like the like if you're using a, a, an illusion c8 you can typically just get by without modifying anything but generally on the if you're using a utopia eight you kind of have to cut the metal around it and make a bracket and move the bolt for the bottom part of the window track to just gotcha. move it over a little bit so it fits. Gotcha. But super happy. The dude was ecstatic. It was the type of reaction that you love to see. Yeah, that's awesome. What what uh what else was there? What was after the Tesla? Or was that right? I might have done Porsche? one radar in between that, and then I have a GT, a brand new GT3 right now, which things have changed a little bit on the new GT3. Have you done the new body style GT3? I have not. So they moved the amp from underneath the passenger seat. You know how it used to be right oh, under the yeah. passenger yeah. seat? Oh, yeah. You know what's funny? As I took one apart, uh, we didn't do the audio in it. It was at a friend shop. But yeah, we did a little investigation and noticed the amp moved forward underneath the floor mat and yeah yeah so that's this this style to where it's under the the front passenger floor mat and there's like an aluminum cover over the top and there's enough room there for we did a helix v12 dsp amp the the new version the mk2 and you have enough room to put that and the nav tv interface and then on the opposite side, it has the same recess in the floorboard. So you can make a mount. And then I did the Helix P2 amplifier, 
on that side. So a two channel nice. amp, um, which we have two 10 TW3s in the back, D4 run at two ohms each on that amplifier. So both amps conveniently tuck in the floorboard and obviously the subwoofer enclosure in the back. And then we did the conductor controller like right in front of the manual stick shift, nice. which was kind of difficult because like you have the two seat heaters there and there's a big uh, electrical board there to which we kind of had to modify so the conductor would fit, but none of the traces of the board ran in that location. Gotcha. So everything. What did you do out. for speakers in the front? Illusion. Illusion. Yeah, we had a budget. Um, if this was, you know, shocker to the people out there. Every client has their own budget, right? And everyone has <laughs> a budget. It's not like uh, the pocketbook gets open on every single car that we do. So we have to design around a budget and. The budget of this one allowed us to do the DSP, V12, um, the P2, the two 10 TW3s, and then we did the Illusion C8 in the door, and then we did the C4 Illusion. So the four inch in the door, and then the tweeter in the factory location. Nice. So, turned out really well. The subwoofer enclosure was pretty cool, but again, same concept. I you know, I know where the subs have to go. I have an idea of how I want it to look. And then I build the enclosure and then I start building the, basically the mold around it. And then I build the inserts and then it all just comes together. So I could have never drawn what I built from the start, but <laughs> that's how it comes out. And you know, it hasn't failed me yet. So anytime I ever get in the rut of like an artistic block i just say it's always worked out just keep moving <laughs> and you can learn that process coming yes. up soon yes because we are doing a class that master doing a couple classes yeah yeah a couple classes it's so it's cool about quick. that i told brian i actually have a lot of uh i have a lot of inserts and panels that i built obviously we do a lot of work on a laser CNC and stuff like that. And we draw a lot of stuff and, you know, a lot of times we'll do like a grill pattern or something, but sometimes you don't cut out a certain segment. You know what I mean? Maybe the grill pattern is going beyond only in one spot past where it should because you forgot to cut that segment out. Yeah. Right. And then you cut it and then you go to install it and then you're like, fuck, you notice it. Right. So you have to cut a new piece. So I have a few different panels that are just like almost like didn't make the cut <laughs> because they were fucked up. Spare parts. Yeah. So we got some stuff to pass around to see how things are layered with acrylic, how things would light up. Yeah. That is one of the, the things I've done. So I guess since we had our last podcast, I've been out to Arizona twice <laughs> getting ready. A couple adventures and. I tell you, it just it just seems like it's coming up quick. We're less than a month away from oh the game we're recording this. Who knows when this uh, this airs? It'll probably be a week or two before. But um, that means yeah, we need to start quick. like getting together on here now, talking about our presentation. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many cool things going on with it, and it's gonna be. I don't know. It's just like nothing I've ever seen tried before. 
so much going on in one place. Super excited. So we are doing a class, and let me pull up the information here. We are doing, the first class we have is going to be custom panel fabrication, which I don't think we're any stranger to. That's what we do. <laughs> We've built a cases. few panels before. So I think basically the premise behind this for the people attending, and you know, Brian said that this is like overbooked and already completely sold out. The big thing behind this, and I think the point that we have to get across is I think you and I both have the luxury of building panels before the tech boom. You know what I mean? Like before right. we could use CAD to help us build stuff, right? Right. So it's it's kind of it's kind of a sticky situation because like today there's a lot of younger people who didn't build stuff by hand and design on the fly and think about variances and stuff like that, right? So there's like two different types of builders, but I think the best builder is the person that did everything by hand first because they can then go into the CAD sign and be a really good designer of how pieces can layer and bolts can be hidden, you know, and how your lights can be recessed in because you have to think about all that stuff from when you're routering everything out and you're like, okay, I need to take off a, a 30 second here to do this and whatever gap to do that. And so those are already ingrained in your brain as you're at the computer putting everything together. I think there's, there's a little benefit to the guys that came up in the analog 80s, 90s, 2000s, right? That when we made those mistakes and we didn't leave a proper gap or we mm -hmm. didn't you know, have the right recess for lighting or whatever the, the trick was or the, the issue was, when we had to solve for that, we had to go back to the drawing board and mm -hmm. we had to fix our mistakes. And mm -hmm. today with, you know, some of these guys don't have that experience making those mistakes. So it's not as ingrained in them right, to remember, right. hey, I need to do this. Hey, I need to do that. And with Master Tech Expo, which is really cool, the, the, the coolest part to me is that there's classes that are teaching the 2D CAD. There's classes that are showing 3D CAD and the possibilities of everything from scanning and 3D printing and 3D machining and, you know, obviously the 2D machining and laser cutting, all of these things. But we're also side by side showing the analog process to do the same things. And in that, all of the instructors will be able to talk the students through the costs involved, the tooling costs, the, hey, we we all have CNCs and lasers. The top guys all have CNCs and lasers. And there's times where we still go back and do certain tasks analog because it is mm -hmm. more efficient, mm -hmm. right? And it's it's those things that we'll run through in those classes and we'll, we'll have those discussions and uh, kind of show use cases for both styles and, and absolutely the two like, together. Yeah. Just to kind of like piggyback on what you just said about using both sides of it, the Porsche enclosure that I showed you earlier, right? The perfect way to talk about that in particular is for me, my laser bed is 32 inches wide, right? So for me, if I'm designing anything beyond that, it's going to take more time because I'm cutting two pieces out, putting them together, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's easier to just get the dimensions of the back of the Porsche between all the panels manually, right? 
and then you're designing something on your laser bed. So within 32 inches, then you're building a template that then you can use on the manual piece that you built. Right. Right. And then you're digitally creating everything within that space as the finish work. So I think that's what Gary was just saying that there's definitely a, a, a happy medium, a hybrid between manually creating and digitally creating, right? You got to know right. where it's easiest. Cause like if I were to try and capture perfectly that outline of the back of the Porsche around all these 3d panels, if I don't have a 3d scanner, that's going to take a lot of time, right? So you have to manually make that piece, uh, in, you know, in 2d, you could always make it 3d, but you start in 2d capture that shape. Then you capture the inside shape with something that you drew in the computer. And then you can draw the finish work of however you want your inserts to look. Reminds me, I was building a vehicle that was used at CES in a manufacturer's booth. I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago. And I remember I was capturing the geometry of the factory woofer grill on one side. And I didn't have a laser at the time. I only had a CNC and I was like adjusting the file and cutting a new part on the CNC. And I was like, Oh, it's so close. And, but I, I want to change. I want to get it a step better, a step better that the least amount of filler I could use, the happier I was going to be with the final product. And I needed to make a trim panel for the other side because there was going to be an amp behind the other side. And I'm like, at least if I take all the time and capture the geometry perfectly, I'll just transfer it over to the other side and I'll make, I'll make the time up there, get it all done. Like literally went through probably 20 CNC cut pieces, which the programming takes five times as long. The machine takes longer to cut. If I would have had a laser, it would have gone, you know, five times faster get it all done. And I, I'm excited because I'm getting ready to start the other side. And as much as it looks identical at a glance, mm -hmm. it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I had to start back over. And now that I have this side all digital, I had to go through and get that side to capture the data. And sometimes, you know, sometimes that becomes And guys, pain. if you want to skip all that, there's 3D classes at the Master Tech Expo to where you could just scan <laughs> just the trunk and be scan done Scan it and right? print it. So yeah. it's crazy how far along, like, technology is just advancing so rapidly with how people are building stuff. Jeremy Katz just, he put out a picture of, did you see the speaker bracket? He like 3d yeah. printed. Like that's yep. ridiculous. It's like legitimately the same nooks and crannies of the OEM bracket just made to fit the Utopia M eight in that car. It was a BMW. Yeah, and it's yeah. And it, it wasn't just a, extruded 2d shape it was a very complicated yes, 3d sure. piece yeah. and yeah it's pretty pretty darn cool yeah when i see stuff like that it's how i felt when we were at mobile solutions and i'm i never used a laser before and all of you assholes are running around just clicking <laughs> and printing stuff and i'm just making my part of the console by hand <laughs> you know like i'm fred flintstone <laughs> We used to call it old Yankee workshop, you know, get out mm -hmm. the chisels and but no, like hand saws. There is something to be said for knowing all of the old tricks. Back in the day when we had to accommodate for vinyl, we're taking like double sided tape. Right. You know what I mean? Like around your piece, yeah. like two layers, two two pieces of vinyl, I'm good. It's gonna be money <laughs> when it's done. Right. right. But those are stuff that people don't even think about nowadays because you can just go into aspire and take your line around your object the perfect or 
or grab your mobile solutions uh multi-rabbit bit set that goes down to you know a 16th or yeah. 32nd or even a 64th to just take a, a hair off a panel to make it fit yeah but you I know think... you know which bit i i rarely see anymore anybody using is we used to have the three degree chamfer bit oh, it's like a that. real tall three degree chamfer bit that was made i for... think you and i have talked about this like it, yeah. it, it was like one of our favorite bits because like when you put an insert in something it's like the perfect degree to not get any friction as you're trying to like push right. it in yeah. yeah that that bit i believe was made just to put draft on parts that had to come out of a mold or whatever mm-hmm. and definitely uh definitely love it yeah but i think these classes are going to be good because we're also doing a metal and plastic fab right yeah and i think one of the one of the most important things that people get wrong in our industry and it's probably just a lot of ignorance or not having the experience is like they'll see somebody's build log or video or they go to a training and they see a certain way way to do something but there's like 10 different ways to do something and one of those ways is the most efficient way right so sometimes like you're laying up fiberglass sometimes you're you know making a bunch of 2d parts to make a 3d part it all depends what's the fastest way a good example of this is like an underseat enclosure in a truck to make the curved edges you could do a couple stacked pieces on the edges for the corner and then you can have flat pieces going around right or you can literally have 15 big ass pieces that are all one shape stacked up <laughs> right yep. one wastes more wood and takes longer one is a lot more quicker and efficient right. so when we talk about plastic and metal fabrication there's a lot of ways that you could make complex shapes pretty easily and i think with pvc you can do a lot of cool heat bending with that and then ca glue it into certain there's so many things that i've built where i basically notched out parts of pvc heat formed it and then create like a really cool 3d image or 3d shape with hard lines to it there's a lot of advanced ways to do stuff that i think people are always looking at multiple different ways to build something but some of these ways take little to no time yeah there's there's a lot of things that people don't understand how how quick they can be done until they see it happen in front of them and that's part of why these classes are such a big deal and again i think the the other side of that is there's a certain group of people that always try to push and and push the envelope and do things that haven't been seen before and a lot of times they spend hours and hours and hours that nobody would ever see to make something different but right yeah like uh i think some of the pictures we'll use in that class is the sub enclosure that tom and i did for michelle brian's wife in her it was like a suburban or tahoe i think it was a suburban we did the sub enclosure in the in the trunk but that that whole trunk or that the whole enclosure was on all these different angles but they were all 2d parts that were heat formed and bent to basically create this really gnarly looking part right right when uh when do you get into arizona for that i think i get in that saturday night nice and then leave thursday morning 
Nice. It's my birthday. Is it? Yeah. Oh man. Yep. Yep. Be partying on partying on Thursday. A little a little top golf Wednesday night. Oh oh. Maybe I don't know. You know how terrible I am at top golf. <laughs> oh boy. I am definitely terrible at golf. You and Tom though. You and Tom are masters. So I I remember the first time that Tom, Jeremy, and I did top golf together. Because we're all three low-key pretty competitive. I remember I went up, I hit my ball, and then Tom gets up just just like so silent, gets up, (laughs) perfect form, (laughs) strokes the ball, and I'm just like, this motherfucker. And then then Carlson gets up, and I'm like, this motherfucker. (laughs) So it just became like this big competition the whole night between all three of us. It was pretty funny. That is fun. What else you got? Anything Anything else cool or are we caught up on cars? Well, you didn't tell me anything. You told me that you still have the Camaro there. <laughs> um, I know you're doing a few things you can't talk about, as you always yeah. are. Yeah. We've been really busy with prototype work, which is um, it's good. I like doing prototype work. It's, it's definitely interesting challenging and you get to you get to work with some real deal engineers that um have a different perspective than you might have and it's interesting to watch how they design parts and make them come to life so how did that one celebs car turn out celeb son car turn out because we never Uh, talked about it yeah that's good that's that's i forgot about that um yeah, it turned out pretty good. Uh, it was, you know, a pain in the pain in the tuchus, but uh, turned out good. Sounded good. Four uh, Arc Audio Arc Series tens in the floor off a X two twenty five hundred with the floor back on it. We ended up cutting out the floor and making grills and spent a bunch of time to to actually get it into the car. But yeah, for it was really amazing to have that much bass in a car and then you could open the hatch in the back and look in and you couldn't see literally could not see that anything had been touched so it was pretty that that part to me was like super impressive because that those Range Rovers were you know they're pretty easy to make a lot of bass if you either go in the side panel Mm -hmm. and vent it out or if you just build a box across I think we've both done it a couple times where you just build a box across and fire some woofers back and it it does really good but when you do it in the floor you're always fighting that restriction of the floor yeah Um, but it's cool one of the most fascinating things is during the demo when you have something like you know what you had that Range Rover or like the Tesla Model 3 where the subs like underneath that tequila bottle and you have literally all this fucking plexi and acrylic and shit lit up over top of it. Right. And you expect to hear shit in the back, right? You expect (laughs) to hear a mess of something, but when it's on the dashboard on the hood in front of you and you're really trying to listen to it in the back and see if you can hear it. And you, it's like really hard. You can't really physically hear it. Right. It's such a mind fuck. (laughs) And it really goes so far into a demo process. Like that's one of the biggest things that is always hard for clients to wrap their head around 
because they're just so used to hearing, you know, resonance and shit in the back and the subwoofer right. playing behind them and that presence of the sub being behind them. But like when it's in front, it's very captivating, but it's more captivating when there's like a ton of shit above it, <laughs> you know? Right. And you're like, the, how, how, how am I not hearing that? <laughs> the, you know, I, I always preach that we put a bass knob in everything that we do. We do a subwoofer level control and certain amps and processors that have sub level controls, the taper on the knob is not always set up the way I would like it to be. And I think it's the helix, like on the conductor that you can actually program how much. Yeah. It's uh, a beautiful part of that control. How much attenuation yeah. there is, which is really cool. In that one, I believe we used the knob that came with the X2 and it was the kid wanted hear me come in bass from mm -hmm. what I understand. Right. And we were able to make it to where with the knob all the way down, there was enough bass to where the music sounded full and it was anchored in the front of the car. But then you had the entire bandwidth of that knob to put bass into anything that didn't have bass or literally just drop the rearview mirror at will, which was, you know, it's fun. funny as you were starting to talk about, uh, how he likes his bass and the music that he listens to. I'm going to tell you my thought process here. I was thinking, does he have any CDs? And again, we're going to keep everything off the record. CDs. Does he does he have any music of his parent <laughs> playing in the car? And then I instantly, in that moment, went back to your meatloaf story, pours him out oh, for meatloaf. Yeah. R.I.P. Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Meat. <laughs> pours him out for meatloaf in your story of you working on his car and him having a CD changer, 12 Every CDs CD. of meatloaf. <laughs> Every CD was a meatloaf Oh my CD. God. Do you know why? So, so I heard about this after he passed. Do you know why he was nicknamed Meat? No. Because he would get red like meat. Oh. Like his dad nicknamed him Meat. Because oh, like wow. he would always be like really red. Huh. So now you know. Crazy. But that was my thought process. I wonder if uh, <laughs> he ever bang that this kid ever bangs his parents' music. I'm right. trying to keep it as vague as possible. There you his go. parents' music, right? That's fair. That's could be both of them. Fair. Could be one. Could be the mom. Could be the dad. We don't know. Could be the stepdad. Yep. You never know. <laughs> oh, so many. Oh, there was another one. After that, we did another big system we just shipped uh, i don't know a couple weeks ago but we did a brand new f-250 and the customer brought in a true technologies super billet which is just a massive 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 amplifier so the six channel um and we did utopia m8s with some really badass adapters uh one behind the speaker and one in front of the speaker to adapt the eight back to the six by nine opening all machine hdpe and bolted together and foam gaskets it was just it did really solid mid base in the front of the truck and three in the pillar and tweeter in the sale all utopia m and then we did two scan speak 13s underneath the rear seat and we moved the seat up and forward and then we brought the box all the way up to the amp rack so that there's 
all sorts of airspace compared to what most guys usually do um, to get the woofers to play down low. And class A line drivers on every channel for the front and a, a tungsten True Technologies amp on each woofer. And then the customer and I were talking and he's like, well, you know, I really, I don't want to wish I did anything else. And, you know, I really don't want to do rear speakers. And, you know, is there anything else though that we should be doing while we do this? And I go, I think you're pretty much tapped out. I go, I do have, I do have one thing that we could do if you really, really wanted to do everything you possibly could do. And those trucks have a null in the driver's seat about 160 hertz and i'm like we could try to fill that nolan by adding rear mid bass and we talked about it and he's like is it worth doing and i'm like absolutely not <laughs> like it's not it's just not worth the money another pair of utopia drivers and more machined adapters and another amplifier and i'm like it's just not worth the money and a couple of days later he calls me back and he's like Sure, it's not worth it. I'm like, yeah, it's not worth it. And he's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so we added, uh, and it, you know what? It worked like a champ. Like it was, it's really crazy when you just watch it and you bring the rears in and you just watch that null go away and without having to, to try to do anything too tricky on the front end. And man, did that thing have mid-bass attack. It was awesome. There's nothing better than mid-bass attack. Yeah, I, I would, I prefer it emphasized. I know that there's a lot of people that, I hear mid bass overdone sometimes, and it really can muddy up the sound. But when you're listening to something that's got strong, strong kick to it, well, I guess it also depends fun. on the equipment that you're using. You know, obviously. Yeah. I generally start coming down flat around 400 hertz is where it goes flat. Yep. But yeah. Just got done with a Raptor. I did woofers behind the seat of a Raptor. We never, we always go under the seat and this customer wanted to keep all their storage under the seat. So we actually moved the seat forward on that one also and did a pair of tens. And um, that was the first one with the new crazy system with the headrest speakers and the roof speakers. And the, if you've seen the new, newer F-150 that has the speakers in the dash and yeah, it's, it's a interesting system, but. Do they have a nav TV interface for that? Uh, I believe the same uh, A to B design module works. Still, I thought it was. B&O, I thought it was wild. like some B and O extreme. I thought it was wild. Maybe it was the first time I, that I noticed it. But when I put the Zen nav TV piece in the Porsche that we just did, the Porsche mm-hmm. came with Bose. But when I put the nav TV piece, it said Burmeister on the display. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like the nav TV module mm-hmm. is sending it a message mm-hmm. that says this is the amp that's connected. Yep. yep. It thinks there's a Burmeister amp in there. Huh. First time I ever noticed that. That's interesting. The new radio setup in those. I, I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty the cool. The gesture control is a little weird. Yeah. But like. <laughs> yeah. Turn my shit up. <laughs> like it's weird for those of you listening that, that don't know what we're talking about you can the new porsche radio you don't even have to touch the screen you can just get close same to with it the, same like, with the new bmw as well yeah is it the yeah. same way there's like a sensor underneath the rear view mirror that sees your hand moving in a certain direction and it'll like pause play huh. turn up the radio and stuff like that technology man technology yeah at the end of the week i got a uh so t- end of the week tomorrow i have a GLE, brand new GLE dropping off for radar and laser, the escort nail priority system, which will be super cool. 
And then I have two Bentleys back to back coming oh, in. Oh wow. Same customer? No, different different customer? customers, same car. I get so many calls on the Bentley videos that I have on YouTube all the time, dude. Yeah. I get so many calls. And just so happen and it's funny because things will start trending. So like a bunch of people will see one video at one time. There'll be one week and I get all Bentley calls because that video is trending. So this happened on a week when both, when that video was trending and I was able to schedule both of these clients for, you know, X, Y, and Z. Wow. And can you tell us what you're doing? Well, I, th the first guy, he ha already has all his own equipment from like prior stuff, which I don't do often. But in this case, I'm just like, yeah, just like, just understand, you know, it's not generally like the product that I deliver because, you know, you and I have talked about, you, you've made the reference over and over about the painter who uses PPG paint all the time, right? He knows exactly right. how that paint lays, how it should look, how it should finish. Right. So same thing, like with all the products that I sell, right? I've done, I've done utopias and illusion and all these different speakers and amp combinations a thousand times i know exactly how the combination should feel the impact the realism you know all that stuff so it definitely gives you an advantage as you're going through the tuning process and listening to the end result because you know if you're there or if you're not there if something's really wrong and right when you're doing a bunch of other equipment you don't know the limitations of the equipment you just don't, right? right? <laughs> you would have to do it over and over again to understand, oh, shit, this sounds way better than the last time I did it, right? So it gives you a new reference for this equipment. So for the enthusiasts out there who already have your equipment, understand that knowing that before you're taking all your stuff to somebody that might not deal with that stuff. Sometimes it's better just to let that shop do what they're best at and what, what they know and what they have the expectations for. Cause you don't go to a fucking steakhouse. You don't go to Ruth Chris and be like, Hey, here's the fucking steak right. I got from Safeway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you don't do that. Yeah. You know, they're going to prepare You're supposed it to be a great cook. You can't make my cheap exactly. steak taste exactly. good. So like we can go through all those different analogies, but you know, same thing with the painter. You're not going to a paint shop and being like, here's some fucking house of colors paint. And they're a PPG dealer. Like everything is different. So just understand that going in and I always make myself clear on the phone that, you know, I, I know that the install is going to be great and the fit and finish is going to be great and I can do the best that I can tuning, but I can't guarantee you that this is the best that this equipment can sound because I don't have the reference for this combination of equipment. So right. as long as they understand that I'm fine and you know, we keep on keeping on as Joe Dirt would say. You can, you can tell us what equipment it is that you're not familiar with that you're not really excited about using Dude, well, it's just a bunch of yeah, it's sorry. just a bunch of older stuff it's like boston ac acoustic subs and oh, like okay. you know what i mean it's just older equipment yeah, so, yeah stuff that i've used but i haven't used like over and over again where i have a reference that's right here right is it newer bentley older bentley uh both of them are like 2012 and newer gotcha I think one's a flying spur, one's a continental. So, I mean, they're easy cars cool. to work on, but depending on what it is, like the downside of those Bentleys in that time era or any Audi, Lamborghini, obviously Bentley, like any of those European cars from that time period, they have like the super creaky plastic. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like whatever 
the plastic they used at that point in time just did not age well. It's always a little tough. I'm trying to think what else we have coming up. We uh, we did strobe lights in a work truck today. That's pretty Let's exciting. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> One of my buddies has a construction company, and he always wants the super nice strobe lights on the corners of the trucks because they have to block traffic sometimes. And so he's sick. He was he was sick of going to the normal stereo shop and having them fail every six months and. I'm like, well, let's get you some real ones and do the install right. So now let's go. Now, every time there's a new truck, I have, I have that to do. Not the, not the most rewarding, uh, install work, but serves a purpose. It's protecting people, keeping them safe. So how often are you doing stuff that isn't necessarily car audio? Uh, is it just like a friend on friend basis last... or is it like you actually, will yeah, take I don't anything? You know, it's weird. Like we get a lot of interesting projects um, from all sorts of people. Just usually, you know, somebody's got an issue or something and they need something made and they don't know where to go to get it. And that, uh, it was just kind of making me think I had a job a couple of years ago where a guy I know was doing some work on some trucks for a construction company and they ordered these trucks with utility beds from the dealer. And they were F-150s and they go to pick up the trucks. And one of the things they really liked about the F-150 is that it had the sensors in the taillights. It had the rear um, blind spot, uh, blind spot, basically mm-hmm. detectors in the taillights. Well, they put the utility beds on and they just clipped the taillights off and they were gone mm-hmm. with no sensors. And so they took it back to the dealer and they're like hey we specifically bought trucks that had these sensors in them because we want them for safety and so they took the sensors and they mounted them on the inside of the steel bumpers not gonna work and that didn't work and so uh my buddy called me and he's like hey do you think you can figure out a way to make these work and so what we ended up doing is we mounted them on the outside of the steel bumper and then machined, I got like two inch thick ABS plastic and we machined end caps for the bumpers. So they were protected, but the sensors could read through and then sanded them all out and painted them black. And we did like, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 trucks like that. And just, I mean, just the most random thing, but it was all pocketed. So the sensor screwed in and then those screwed into the bumper and yeah, just weird, weird stuff. I always think it's the, I always the, think it's weird that like if you wanted to like you could do that full time, right? You could do you could be the backup, you know, collision avoidance king if you wanted to. Because like any time that I ever do like a YouTube video, like for instance, like the Ford Excursion, I built literally two consoles ever in a Ford Excursion, right? I built one a long ass time ago with like a down firing JLW seven. And then I made, I got the second client off that video where he wanted like a really futuristic, like current model console in his 2002 excursion. And then I did that and it looked cool. It looked current and really made the car feel newer. And I shit you not. If I wanted to build consoles for the rest of my life in an excursion, (laughs) I could do that. Right right? 
but I just I okay. just decide to never respond to one excursion <laughs> e- email ever. Do you have it blocked on your email? No, Anytime the word excursion comes up in an email, it just blocks it. I don't it. respond. So if you're out there and you're listening and you have an excursion and you've emailed me, you know my tactic. I've ignored you on purpose. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. But no, like carbon fiber. If I wanted to do carbon fiber overlay of parts for the rest of my life, I could do that because I get emails all the time on it because of one video that's out there, right? And you, you did these backup fucking sensors for some dude. And then he's like, dude, I got 20 trucks. And then there's 10 other companies with the same issue. And you're just like, you're the backup fucking collision avoidance game. Yeah, not not what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do, but that's that's not it. I know but that's that. the power of social media. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like the last six weeks we've been just making all sorts of crazy parts and cutting and cutting and cutting, and um, on top of doing a few audio jobs. But I feel like we need to yeah, we'll we need to throw some demo songs back into the playlist. Oh my gosh, we're both gosh, unprepared. We we're that. both unprepared, but <sighs> I get. I get messages all the time that say, Hey, whatever happened. Yeah. <laughs> we got busy. Um, I'm going to pull it up just to see yeah. what's on Let's... there. Cause it's been a hot minute since I've looked at it. The old fashioned car audio podcast, official demo track playlist. All right. I'm looking through, I'm looking through. Oh, that's not that many songs. I feel like we must've missed some. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the the episodes again to see what else we were supposed to put on there because we have definitely missed a few. I'll add a few. Do you have Do you have something new? Don't do a few. We got to keep it consistent. No, but it's all it's all relevant to the same album, which is why I'll say a few. Okay. 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 So I've given you a Ben Harper track before, Susie Blue. We've we've already done that one. Right. But this is on his album, Fight for Your Mind, and it's really well recorded, like really well recorded. So the first one's going to be Excuse Me, Mister. And the reason I love like all of these different songs that I'm about to tell you is there's these really pow- – like Ben Harper's got some like deep, powerful vocals, and it's centered perfectly. And there's – in each one of these songs, there's like a different solo of like bongo drums or – just weird fucking instruments happening. They'll go on a tangent of things going left, right, left, right, left, right, center, you know, all sorts of crazy shit. So we're going to have, excuse me, mister is going to be the first one. The second is going to be gold to me, same album. That's really cool. Especially in the center of the song. There's a really cool solo. Another one is people lead gold to me. People lead and fight for your mind is, is the fourth one. All four of those songs you can't go wrong with. You'll be very impressed if you listen to it on a good system. And uh, you want me to put all of those on? I do. The I do. Yep. Because they okay. use all of them. I, I kind of rotate them because they're all very similar, but they all have completely different cool solos within the song that are you. very acoustically entertaining. And then I think we need to have a side playlist that's like our oh, that's no. like our NPR Tiny Desk playlist. Of like what's oh, your favorite you... NPR Tiny Desk? Because there's there's That's... a lot of go tos that are really fucking good, dude. <laughs> so uh, I think we did talk about this, and I don't 
I don't think, I think this happened after the last time we recorded a podcast, but I went to a comedy show up in LA, a comedian who actually saw last weekend, uh, we saw a couple months ago, uh, his name is Tom Papa, Mm -hmm. a comedian, we really like him, Um, but there was a show that was, um, why am I drawing a blank now? Uh, we're going to have to edit this now because my brain is drawing a absolute freaking. Oh, okay. Got it. The comedy show was Judd Apatow and friends Ooh, okay. and friends, friends of Judd Apatow ended Seth up being Rogen? Kevin Nealon. No. Oh. Uh, I wish I could do a <laughs> Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> uh, Kevin Nealon, uh, Tom Papa, and Andrew Bird, mm-hmm. who has an NPR Tiny Desk that was absolutely amazing. And I didn't, I wasn't too familiar with his stuff um, until I realized that he played with Squirrel Nut Zippers and a bunch of stuff. And um, but it was really cool, just a, a weird break to a comedy show to have this guy come out there and just play these outrageous sounds, you know, just not something that's your average musician. And so he has an NPR tiny desk that's really good. And so, yeah, so I, I went home and when I was looking up to see what else he had done, I came across the tiny desk. So I'm adding that as my first Do you enjoy one. the tiny desk? tiny desk list. I do when I have time to listen to them, but... I, I fight to have time to enjoy. So what, so like what's your, what's your, after you tune the car, right? And you're now mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to some music. What's the first, first things that you do other than throwing on some Diana crawl? <laughs> I'll tell you what the last thing other than I do. throwing on temptation right away and seeing where your center is. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you, do you know what the last, I have a last, do you have, have a routine last demo song? Well, I have a couple of playlists that I use, and let's just say that they end strong. <laughs> and but I, when I'm done, done. When I am just done, and I just want to make sure that the customer is not going to break the system, and that it's you throw on wind beneath my waves, don't you? Oh my gosh, <laughs> come on! It's not that. It's, it's the final track. Um. No, uh, Rage Against the Machine, bomb track, like just full tilt, mm-hmm. open it up. If something's going to break it, that's going to break it. And can it hold itself together? And like, there is nothing like just rocking out to that. Like is by the time you, you don't have to worry about coming back with your ears fresh. Yeah. You can, you can let it rock. And that's, that's my jam right there. Yeah. I always used to play killing in the name of, cause like, it's just like yeah. a, total both those are on my list total just like melt your face and that one's awesome in particular because like you expect just so much distortion and it just doesn't happen you know what i mean well it there is in a mediocre system right cannot handle that like that's you want to tell whether your your system is capable or not and if you are have proper gain structure and quality amplifiers that can hold themselves together yeah Get in there with some rage and lean on the volume and see what happens. So as far as the NPR tiny desk, I think some of the best best ones is Leon Bridges, which I've already been over. Leon Bridges is like 
I wish his album sounded like his NPR Tiny Desk, right? You download his album, Coming Home, I think is the one album that represents what he did on NPR Tiny Desk. It is nothing like his NPR Tiny Desk, right? It's totally different. <laughs> they made his album sound all old, like it was recorded in the like 70s. So oh it gosh. has like noise and blah, blah, blah. It's just sounds nothing like his NPR. And it's just like gotcha. super soulful. It is the epitome of soul. And I think another good one is Sting and Shaggy. They do an NPR Tiny together. Yeah, really? it's really good. Because they both have very distinct, powerful voices that are very different from each other. And that the first song they use has an amazing kick drum. A powerful, realistic, obviously it's real, but if your system is good, you're going to have a massive kick drum presence in the center of your dashboard way up front. So that's the first thing before anyone talks, sings, says anything. Just that kick drum, you're just like, oh my God, it feels like I'm at a concert. Hmm. That's a great one. Another one I use all the time. Alicia Keys, if you just skip to right. the end and play Fallen. That's really cool because they do this big dramatic lead up to the actual song and that really gives you like the feeling that you're watching it live um that really makes people that i've noticed when i demo it like pretty emotional and being like wow that's fucking amazing by the end of it a newer one which is pretty cool for certain purposes is the olivia rodrigo npr tiny desk hmm. because it starts off on the first song it's her in the center sitting down and then there's four girls behind her on a guitar, right? So you have this super wide stage of guitars to where, like, if you weren't watching it, you know that there's four guitarists, including Olivia sitting in the center, right? Because of where the, hmm. where the stage is. So, like, when they first start showing it, they show a close-up of her sitting in the center. But you know that there's more guitars to her left and right. And then they kind of like zoom out and you see all the other people behind her. And you're like, oh shit, it fucking makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So that's really cool. Um, Anderson Pack has a really cool one. Anderson Pack and the Free Nationals. That's a really good one. But yeah, I would love writing. I would love to know like, if, if you're listening right now and you've used NPR, there's so many out there. I would love to know what are your favorites to use if you use them. So hit us up, DM us, do whatever. Let us know. I would love. I've loved some feedback on what you like the most out of all the different ones that are out there. Because some like are pretty freaking emotional, and I think that like as much as playing like the SP two thousand right and getting the actual recording of music that we've listened to over and over again, just the recording value of the NPR Tiny Desk and seeing the proof of concept of the soundstage right in front of you of where everything right. should be. To me, that's the best demo of all because it's proof of concept that doesn't lie. You know, if you're hearing the fucking guy on the saxophone that you see is to the left of the singer who is in the center and you hear the saxophone in the center or far left or far right, like, you know, shit's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> I think that's that's the best thing a, for. I wonder if we could get a demo set up at uh at the expo with like a big screen in front of the in front of the windshield. Yeah, 
and just demo with tiny desk. Yeah, we let's, would have to ha- have like a. So, do you know the plans? Because obviously you were just there. I don't know what you can say or what you can't say. But is there going to be interactive demos? Is it in a car? Is it out of a car? Like, what's the yes, yes, and yes, <laughs> yeah. So, so the there will teams. be cars on the. Yeah, there there will be some cars on the show floor. There were there's also a huge demo area set up outside, where there was a bunch of space added, uh, and so there will yeah there will definitely be demos, lots and lots of demos. But finding somebody that has the ability to maybe put a truss in front of the car and put a monitor in front of it that would be I think that'd be really cool really really cool. Yeah, it's the biggest drawback with the iPhone, just this little tiny. <laughs> Listening to Tiny Desk, watching on a tiny screen. Tiny screen. <laughs> tiny system. No, but, you know, I, I feel like that's one of the most key parts of every demo that I do is just playing that. Because, like I said, it's proof of concept. And, you know, when you hear that drummer and you see the drummer behind the singer. Oh, another good one. Write this down. Is Daniel Caesar. That's a really good one. And then Khaled as well has a good one because it's his vocals just so centralized and captured to where like that's the only thing that you're hearing. So nice. You said write that down. You sounded just like Van Wilder for a Did second. I? Uh, write that down. Oh, I forgot the other thing that that uh, took up a bunch of your time while we weren't recording. What? Surprised you N- haven't mentioned N- anything. What NFTs? <laughs> yeah, I think that's I, the. We talked more about yeah. NFTs than we did car yeah. audio. So, have you added to your portfolio any or no? Not, not in a couple of weeks. Not in a couple of weeks. But. Yeah, this market's been crazy because they think Pokemon's coming. Yeah. When it doesn't, hopefully we'll everything see. goes back up. You know the the economy, like, well, stocks took a tank and. Crypto took a tank and NFTs, you know, didn't tank quite as bad as everything else. So, yeah, I think it's all uh, all slowly bouncing back. But yeah, thanks for turning me on to NFTs and giving me another thing to worry about. It's a whole family affair now. This whole family's getting drops every weekend. My kids have the best luck, though. I just I feel like I haven't gotten anything great in a while. And the kids just hit every time. They have faster reaction time. Well, I'm doing it just on their devices. <laughs> but their their portfolios are looking Are they paying for it with their money or yours? Uh, mine. Uh, okay. But for the people listening, in hindsight, or not in hindsight, for the people listening, my daughter spent $13, and there's a drop system, so you basically hit a button to buy something now the same time everyone else is going to do it. And she ended up turning $13 into $4,300 in about 20 minutes when the market opened. So she basically flipped 13 bucks, sold something that she got on the drop for $4,300. And then flipped that into a, a and then flipped that (laughs) into a very exclusive Disney NFT that she's going to hold on to for hopefully five, 10 years. And then she can use that as college money. There you go. So I, uh, I feel like more and more people are getting into the NFT thing. And luckily the, 
app that you introduced me to makes it very simple, mm-hmm. which is nice. And they work closely with Apple. There's yeah. a lot of speculation that when Apple comes out with their VR headset, that they're basically going to bring David Yu, who's the owner of Eevee, on stage. And they're basically going to show that you can interact with your your NFTs through Apple's VR headset, right? So it's like one of the keys of having this headset because you can have these digital collectibles or whatever you want to call them and interact with them with your headset, right? So like right now, these NFTs are not like JPEG pictures, what which people are used to. It's a... Uh, they can be like augmented reality because like you and I both have the DeLorean, right? And you can right. put that bitch out in your fucking driveway, right? <laughs> I put it in the shop yeah, a couple and times. and it's like full size. You can open the doors. You can literally hop the fucking side and you can even, you're sitting in it and you're looking at like the HVAC controls, right? And it's like super detailed. You can see all the words on it. It's like you're in this other place of reality but like you own the DeLorean and there's like 10,000 DeLoreans. Nobody else is going to have a DeLorean. They're not going to make any more DeLoreans. You can catch Matt and I racing through the metaverse at some point yeah. in our DeLoreans. Yeah. Do you think that um, NFTs will get to like car audio? Do you, do you ever see the day where like Rockford Fosgate releases the like, you know, they have a drop? And if it has like, utility. A punch one fifty, a power one thousand is like the secret rare, you know, like you know, power one thousand with the chrome shield is like. I think you, you know, have to let rare. your mind get there, and so apparently this turned into an NFT podcast. But <laughs> so like, Not quite. so for the people that don't understand what this fucking thing is, it's not going to go away because. Disney, they make money on every time anything sells, right? All of these companies, they make a a royalty on the sale for eternity. So if Gary decides to sell his DeLorean, there's going to be a tax or a royalty that's going to go back to the creator, right? So like right now, if I were to go to the Disney shop and buy my daughter some fucking mini ears, that's a one-time sale. That's It's it after it's... It's bought. If I sell it on Facebook Marketplace, they don't get a cut. So for eternity, they're going to get a cut of the sale, right? And there's proof of ownership that I own it because it's on the blockchain, right? So this is probably going way too far for people, but like it is proof. I think there's proof that you own this asset because like I can go on Instagram right now and take a picture of a fake Rolex on my arm. And people will be like, oh, that fucking guy's balling, right? But with the NFTs, you can prove if somebody has what they have or not based on seeing this transaction on the blockchain, right? So it's almost like ownership of things without being able to bullshit people. Right. And the other side of it for the, the people that aren't into it or haven't seen it or anything like that, it everything is released in limited numbers so everything is yeah. a super one exclusive of however yeah. many yeah and some of the things there's hundreds of some of them there's tens of thousands of and that rarity kind of drives you know it's, yeah, it's, it's like collecting baseball, baseball cards, cards or yeah. pokemon yeah. cards or whatever it yeah. is but yeah 
it's a it's something interesting and different and yeah it's uh, it seems like it's going to continue to yeah grow. i told gary it's like cryptocurrency it's investing it's collecting it's ebay it's all of these literally wrapped into one right because like instead of buying yeah. like if you're in the crypto space and you're like all right i have 300 solana well you can have 300 spider-man comments right it's like the same concept yeah. but you know, Spider-Man, you can buy him when he was at 30 bucks and now he's at 900 for the common and look at all that money you just made, right? The ultra rare Spider-Man is at $100,000, right? <laughs> That's nuts. And just yeah. six, seven months ago, you could buy it for two grand. Right. So, I mean, like if you look into this, there's definitely money to be made. And, uh, well, the other thing too, is that there, you could actually like, you saw, I sent you the picture of, uh, Chris and my, uh, Ghostbusters yeah. Slimer uh -huh. inside the mobile solutions uh -huh. workshops. <laughs> like you can actually project them out. And yeah. Yeah. You can, you can put them in augmented and, reality and like my cool. kids like take pictures with them and you know, it's, it's getting further and further of like what they're being able to do. Like if you saw like the Disney lenticular cards, I don't know if you have any or saw them like in your space, but it's pretty fucking cool. Like it's there in your living room and you walk by it and the image changes like a lenticular card as it's playing music and you walk around it and the back does something different. It's fucking pretty wicked. And if there's Disney people standing in line for a fucking popcorn bucket for 10 hours, <laughs> just wait till they understand this figure out that yeah. these things exist mm -hmm. yeah yeah cool all right let's get back to car audio enough enough nfts i am excited though to see if if any of the companies do get into that space and and re-release some of that badass like 80s and 90s gear. dude that like, would be you know, awesome my ppi ppi sedona amplifier or something you know or a little art series dude that would or... be so dope i feel like we need yeah. to start talking to some of these companies and just nudging them. <laughs> yeah. Let's re-release some fucking single din radios. <laughs> right. In NFT. 7909s. Yeah. Liv limited number F1 status or 7909 radios. Dude, that would be dope. And give it utility to where like you have whatever physical with the digital. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. Crazy. Cool. Yeah, you even... What else? You even said your buddy, he used to work for Audi, right? And all of a sudden, he he has like his own NFT oh, shop yeah. in New York. Yeah, he, he, quit his, he quit his job as a designer for <laughs> Audi and now uh, works with artists creating NFTs and yeah, has a has a like a boutique gallery that kind of blends the digital space and yeah, I'll just end with this. There was a point in time when Jeff Bezos was trying to sell the concept of selling books online, and people thought he was a fucking idiot, right? Wow. So, I mean, you just kind of have to wrap your head around the technology. And yeah, I definitely think we're early. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we're. Uh, I think you know, five or five years, we'll look back and it'll seem crazy that we didn't see this coming, yeah. or some people didn't see it coming. But yeah. I told my wife I'm never going to not hit on something again because there was a point in time when I had 112 Bitcoin in 2012. <laughs> Don't bring that up. Yeah. It just makes me sad. It'd be like $8 million today, and I sold it for like 250 bucks. Oh, gosh. 
because there was like a brief time where you could get paid on uh, eBay in Bitcoin. They had it was like maybe a month or two, and I at the time I was doing oh, a lot wow. of sales on on eBay because it's what I was using to put my wife through uh, nursing school. Right, I would sell like a bunch of memorabilia that I had, and I elected to get paid on a few certain auctions with Bitcoin. And I had it and I just stared at it and I'm like, you know, what the fuck is this even doing for me? Like, it's not doing anything. <laughs> it's worth more than a dollar, but like, it's not doing anything. So I ended up selling it, got cash and moved on with my life. And, you know, we know how that turned out. So. Yeah. Now you got to, you know, whore yourself out on a podcast and. <laughs> yeah. And not get paid, but. Uh back to the nft thing like have a couple thousand dollars in and you know i think the value of what i have is like 60k so not see, it's not terrible got a fucking mickey mouse that's worth working, like 10 g's <laughs> so. yeah there's definitely some crazy rare stuff on there life goals yeah all right well i say we call that a yeah, did you give that's... me any demo tracks give me one you didn't give me any I gave you the the tiny space um, demo tracks. Let me go to my list. All right, you ready for it? Yep. John Campbell, way down in Let's the hole. Let's go. It's a good good tune. And it and it's one of those ones to where you know if that woofer plays, you know if that subwoofer box is too small, you know if it plays all the way down, and you know if you have any of those. Uh, really low frequency resonances they become super apparent super quick like it but yeah yeah definitely had that like it yeah so we'll wrap it up you'll update the spotify playlist i will i'm gonna have to go back we're gonna have to put out a post on facebook and instagram with our favorite npr tiny desk as well so we'll add that you'll see a post at some point probably after this podcast gets released and then I would like to see some feedback from people. If you use NPR Tiny Desk and to what are your favorite like NPR concerts or tracks in particular from whatever concert that you like using as a demo, because I have had some people say, Hey, check out this from this artist on NPR, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I just like to see what like everyone else thinks. We need to start getting some feedback Sweet, from yeah. the fucking listeners. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do a live episode at some point. We'll have to do a, a group party. Um, we do have some plans that we're working through to record some stuff at the expo, mm -hmm. um, which should be fun, and get some get some really good guests while we're there. We're probably going to have to bring our and, stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm driving out, so I can load all my stuff. No so deal. I can probably bring my other Yeti mic. So we have an extra mic if we want to do four. Like, do we? How many mics do we have? Uh, Are we gonna have to get like buy some mics? Or? At least that. At least that, and then uh, I think I can. Brian can probably bring his, and yeah, we got we got a few. Are we gonna need like a mixer, like an XLR mixer? Oh, I thought you meant like for cocktails. Mm. <laughs> I'm bringing my mixer with me. How many mics can go in it? Oh, none. I was a joke. I'm bringing my oh, wife to mix oh. my drinks. Wife jokes. <laughs> she won't like that. We're going to have to edit that out. Does she listen to the pod or no? Really? Sometimes. Let's Sometimes. go. My wife's yeah. never listened. Yeah. No, she, 
my parents really? listen. Shout out to my mom and oh, dad. No, I should stop cussing they have so no much. idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, they don't care. They're like that Matt, he's got a potty mouth. Uh, I just try and just try and be real. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no worries. Okay. Well I say we cut it. We'll uh we'll be working behind the scenes getting ready for expo. Yeah, I think maybe the next pod's gonna be an expo going and... expo pod. Think so? I say we try to get one. Yeah, one this more is in. still technically season two. I saw you label this as like season three question mark, but no, <laughs> this will still so much time. Yeah, this will still stay season two, like Ozark, right? Ozark, they dropped half of the first season, and it's still the same season, but there's a hiatus. They're gonna drop the rest <laughs> in another time to be foreseen in the future. So same season though. That was our Christmas, New Year's, Chinese yeah. New Year's. Uh, Olympics yeah. break happening right now and we're back so again I just want to let you guys know we appreciate it if you've made it this far if you listen to any of them if you've given us any of your time period we appreciate it we do this for for fun to give back to you know have conversations because dude I haven't been to an event in years it feels like it's not it feels like it's like yeah, it, was, it has been years so like all these conversations yeah, haven't was, happened SEMA was a ghost town and then showing up to mobile solutions a couple times without, you know, a crowd of 20, 30 guys there is very strange. Yeah. Very, very strange. Yeah. So for me, this is keeping me sharp. This is keeping me motivated, entertained. And, you know, from the feedback that we've had, it it's made a lot of people maybe get out of the rut of the daily grind because it gives them something to look forward to or, you know, whatever it may be, however you use it, good, bad whatever we appreciate it so yep hopefully we're helping helping both installers and consumers get what they want and that's better sounding cars yep and having some fun while we talk about yep. it yep all right we'll cool talk to you later roll right. Until the next outro time.